Hello, this is Mail Tribune web editor Ryan File. I host a podcast called First Thing on most weekdays, which gives sort of a bare-bones rundown of the day's top stories on our website. I also occasionally host, however, a new podcast called Insider. Its purpose is to give a glimpse behind the curtain on more in-depth reporting projects we do and give some insight into how our reporters pull these more elaborate pieces together. My guest today is a returning guest, Vicki Aldis, who just finished what I consider a very thorough, very shocking story on abuse senior citizens' experience at the hands of caregivers and steps they can take to avoid being a victim. Uh, It ran Sunday. I read it with equal parts interest and shock, and I really wanted to get Vicki on to talk about it. Uh, Vicki, welcome. Thank you for having me. Sure. To start with, uh, let's start at the beginning. What is this story about? This is a story about a woman who had a caregiver come to her home. Her husband was in hospice care. He was at home and hospice care workers were visiting him. And she had an overnight caregiver come who stole diamond earrings that the husband had given to her as a last Christmas present. So, of course, the loss was... Uh, devastating because the earrings had such sentimental value. The caregiver pawned the earrings so that they could never be recovered for this woman who lost this present from her husband. Hmm. And it, 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 that's, that's kind of your anecdote, and it goes outward from there into more, more bigger picture. You start, you start with a small focus and, and kind of expand outward. But what was the genesis of this story? Like uh, the, this woman you're speaking about, Wendy Tracy, how did you track her down? I mean, did you utilize some means to, to seek her out, or did she reach out to us first? This was um, a situation where she reached out to us first. We got a phone call from her she was talking about the situation. It was unusual for us because often people reach out to us when their case is still pending, and that ties our hands in some ways to do a thorough story because the court case has not been resolved. When it's in that situation, defense attorneys and the district attorney's office, the prosecutors, don't want to talk about it while the case is pending. But since this resolved in court already with a guilty plea from the caregiver, we were able to get details. And Wendy Tracy was just fantastic as far as sharing her experience and sharing the lessons she learned from this ordeal. Hmm. Now... One thing that I was really curious about, was it difficult to get her to open up? Um, I only ask because this was such a personal story with so much emotion attached to it. I mean, I know that she sought us out, but was she willing to get deep from the get-go, or did that component take some convincing on your part? No. um, One reason why we decided to do the story was because she was so eloquent and she was experienced. She She's at the end of the court process, which lasted more than a year, so she has a lot of lessons learned. I would hope that um, it's been a while, so she's had some time to process and get over the initial grief, so it wasn't as emotional for her as it probably was in the beginning, although it's still very painful for her. But she was able to speak with us very clearly, very eloquently, and was just a fantastic advocate for herself and for others who might face the same situation. At one point she says this, and this really, really stuck out to me. Uh, I know in my heart I do not want this to happen to anyone else. I felt so stupid. Why were my defenses down like that? I assumed they were sending someone reputable and well-trained and honest. I'm still devastated by this and always will be. That felt like such an authentic quote to me. Like it's very lucid and articulated, but so human at the same time. And that, and that's just one. Um, 
of those types of statements that she makes in this. Were you struck by her poise? Because as a reader, that was one thing that really stood out to me. The fact that she was willing to get deep, but she was able to articulate thoughts like that very well. Yes, she was an excellent source, and as I've said, very eloquent and able to express herself. I think the quote also shows that she didn't just want to learn from the experience. She wanted to share with others what she learned, and I hope that in doing the article, it helped bring a little bit more closure to her and that she felt that even though it was hard for her, at least some good might come out of it because she was willing to share her experience with others. I want to switch gears and talk nuts and bolts now, because like I said in the beginning, you start with this this anecdotal story, and then you kind of pan out, if you will. I was stunned by the numbers you dug up on these types of cases. Uh, This is from the story. In in 2017, a total, and, and this is just for Jackson and Josephine counties, I should clarify. In 2017, a total of 3,844 allegations of abuse were reported in the two counties, and 1,857 of those were investigated, and that's according to Adult Protective Services statistics. The agency investigated 585 reports of neglect, 565 reports of financial abuse, 249 reports of emotional or verbal abuse, 198 reports of physical abuse, and 128 reports of self-neglect last year. It's quite a mouthful, and that's shocking to me. That was shocking to me. How can this be so prevalent in just two counties in in Oregon? That also was shocking to me. And when I talked to Adult Protective Services, they said they have investigators in both counties and the investigators are just swamped with cases. Um, Of course, some don't really pan out and so they aren't they can uh, dismiss those and not deeply investigate those, but they are kept extraordinarily busy investigating the other ones in which there does seem to be a valid claim. I think the biggest explanation would be we do have a large senior population in our two counties, and especially elderly, frail uh, people, they are very, very vulnerable. As people told me in the story, we're talking about a population that is Children and the very elderly are among the most vulnerable people in the population, and unfortunately, we see people wanting to prey upon them. Now, are you going to be doing more on this topic? Are there other other cases that you're looking at, other stories that you are just getting started on? Um, Caregiver theft and caregiver abuse is, as you see by the numbers, just a, a constant Uh, in our community and at the Mail Tribune we are continuing to cover it. We've done caregiver theft and abuse stories in the past. One of the most egregious ones that we are covering now um, and especially Nick Morgan, our crime reporter, has done a really deep look at what we know so far about an elder abuse case in which a woman named Karen Bolt is accused of attempting to murder two of the people she was caring for. And looking at the indictment, it seems she may have given them a combination of medication where each one separately can suppress breathing, but when you pile them on top of each other, you can cause breathing to stop. That can lead to cardiac arrest. Luckily, these two people uh, got medical care, and as soon as they were out and away from the caregiver, they showed a really startling recovery, which is what led healthcare providers to think something was 
horribly wrong. Something was going wrong with the caregiver. And Nick Morgan did a really in-depth story showing how this woman also had allegedly committed financial crimes against them and had uh, gotten her hands on a lot of their money and involved them in a, a what may be real estate fraud. So we will be continuing to cover this at the Mail Tribune. Uh, Attempted murder is a very uh, rare charge in caregiver abuse and theft. I've never seen it before, but obviously it's an example of one of the worst things that could happen. And just to clarify, she did this through, uh, allegedly, through over-medicating. Yes, she um, was accused of over-medicating them. And as I said in the indictment, it looks like she might have been combining two pills that can have a deadly effect when they are put together. Okay. Well, uh, Vicki, thank you. It was a uh, a very good read, a very hard read, but but lots of good information in there. So I really appreciate you doing it, and I appreciate you being on today. Yes, and um, we would like to thank Wendy Tracy, the person who experienced the theft, for helping us and bringing attention to the issue. Of course, Adult Protective services and um, others who investigate these crimes were also critical for the article. Thank you again. You can listen to past episodes of Insider at mailtribune.com slash podcasts, where you can also check out other podcasts done by my colleagues. Uh, Thanks for listening.